0: Hello, and welcome back to Pastoral Parsha. I'm Hody Nemus, a third-year rabbinical student at
1: YCT Rabbinical School. And I'm Michelle Friedman, Chair of Pastoral Counseling at YCT. In each episode of this podcast, we explore psychological insights gleaned from the Torah portion of the week. And we
0: also share with our listeners concepts and techniques that are taught in the Pastoral Counseling Program at YCT where we try to integrate Torah wisdom and contemporary
1: understandings from modern psychology. Today, we're talking about Parshat ki This is in the book of Deuteronomy Devarim, chapter 21, verse 10 through chapter 25, verse 19. Our theme today is the role of beauty in society and in personal relationships.
0: So our parsha contains more mitzvot than any other portion Torah portion in the whole Torah. Depending on how you count, around 74 commandments are in Kitetse. Now, a lot of these relate to daily life, returning lost objects, how you treat your workers, wearing tzitzi. But the Torah portion actually begins and ends with a phenomenon that should not be part of daily life, and that's war. So we begin with the Eshet Yefat To'ar, a woman who is captured in wartime. And the reading ends with the mitzvah to remember the war that Amalek waged uh, very cruelly against B'nai Israel, the children of Israel, on their way from Egypt. Now let's go back for a second to the Eshet Yefat To'ar, the woman of beautiful appearance. And the verse says that when you see among the captives, during wartime, a beautiful woman, and you desire her. You shall bring her into your house, and she shall trim her hair, pare her nails, and. She shall discard her captive's garb, she shall spend a month's time in your house, lamenting her father and her mother. And after that, you may come to her and possess her, and she shall be your wife."
1: So the, here, the Torah recognizes that physical attraction is a huge component in people's relationships. And we certainly know that from contemporary life. So what we're going to do today is, instead of a vignette, Hodi and I are going to do a role play where we're going to take on parts in this role play. We're going to be friends who know each other and want to set up two other people to go out, uh, hopefully to date. And I want to say a little bit about role play because it's a technique that we use a lot at YCT in the pastoral counseling program. And I've found it over the 20 years to be shockingly effective and moving, really emotionally moving. We have uh, students... Act out a vignette where one student is playing the role of the rabbi and the other student or students are playing the roles of the congregants. Some programs use actors as congregants, but we found over the years that allowing students to inhabit the roles of the congregants gives them the experience of exploring the inner psyche of what their congregants might be going through, and it allows them to project their own inner impulses, recesses that they may never actually act out, but that exist in their imaginations, as in all of our psyches, and to explore that in this very controlled kind of setting. So the role plays are a very classic part of the pastoral counseling training at YCT, and today... Cody and I are gonna do a very short one.
0: And I can personally attest that they can be quite intense, sometimes awkward, and uh, really force you to rely on and, and delve deep into your emotional reserves. Okay.
1: Hey listen, you know, I've been thinking about your friend Jacob. He's a cool guy, he's a nice guy, And uh, I've just been wondering about, like, whether or not you might help set him up with a very lovely woman that I know who is uh, really looking to get into a serious relationship. Well, he is
0: single. I think he is looking.
1: Yeah, so listen, you know what, let's just get right to the point here because these people are both a little bit older and even if they weren't older, it, it's bruising, it hurts when you get set up and you're hoping somebody's going to call and they don't call or you find they they look you up on Facebook and they see something. Let's. I want to do this in a way... That really has a chance of success. So let me just ask you straight: Looks are a big deal in relationships. And what kind of what kind of woman do you know, Jacob? What kind of looks does he go for?
0: Oh. <laughs> I I'm not I don't know that's kind of a funny question I'm not sure
1: that I could you know I'm not trying to put you in an awkward position and I'm I, I'm glad that you that you don't just just that we dive into it um, but like. I don't want it to not work, you know. So so let's let's just tell me a little bit. Like, what kind of looks does what kind of looks does Jacob okay. go for? I mean, tell I, it to me straight.
0: Yeah, I hear you. I mean, obviously, I think you know value is the most important part of a, of a relationship. But but you know, Jacob is he does seem to date a certain, kind, I guess, kind of you know woman. Just, I, most of the people he's dated have been redheads. Really? And yes, <laughs> a little curvier, perhaps. So. I, oh, I hesitate wow. to say uh, that he has like a, a look that he's looking for, but it does seem that
1: way. You know, this is uh, this is like a little tough. I mean, this woman that I'm thinking about, um, Shandy, is um, she's actually quite petite. And she has uh, really dark hair. And I, I think that she has, um, I think she's a very attractive person. And I'm, I'm kind of like struck about Jacob's uh, specificities because, you know, honestly, I don't think he's so hot looking himself.
0: Well, I mean, I don't know what to say. I, he's picky, I guess. Yeah, well. I, well,
1: you know. All right, listen, how about... Uh, you know, you want to just run up by him and yeah. suggest it. and Let me know. And then okay. we'll, we'll discuss it and see if we should. But I'm, I'm not going to tell Shane anything about, anything about this. this. No. Okay. No. All right. Let's do it like that. Great. Okay. So we are now back to being uh, Hody and Michelle. And uh, role play is over. At Yeshiva, we would do it for much longer. And we would explore things within it. But now we're going to go back to um, talk about ourselves and kind of getting into some of the issues.
0: So first things first, Michelle, what, why do humans place so much emphasis on physical attraction?
1: I mean, this is like a question as probably as old as uh, old as time. And, you know, as people say, like they see you before they hear you. Um, for sighted people, the first look, that attraction, whatever is... Um, You know, and how it's some of it is the physical, the actual. What's a person's face and body look like? But it's also how they put themselves together, their look, their uh, you know, their sense of style, their cleanliness. Like all kinds of things go into it. But I actually think that there's a lot of other parts to it, and I think that that sense of like a physical attraction, which we all enjoy, you know, that sense of a buzz. I mean, physical finding somebody attractive, not just for the purposes of dating, but for all kinds of things. You know, you're going to work with a colleague, you have a teacher that you find attractive. Not that anything's going to come of it, but finding somebody attractive certainly can help just get things going. It can help bridge a lot of like other, like getting to know you uncomfortablenesses. And certainly in dating, where there's so much concern about how am I going to come across, what are my own vulnerabilities, like that sense of awkwardness in trying to get something going. If there's a sense of physical attraction, it adds an element of fun and of of a pizzazz that helps bridge that gap. I think.
0: So fair, but what about the you know a, a relationship? Presumably, is is mostly uh, going to survive based on the shared values, the shared vision, right. the personality. Right. So, is it? How do you weigh it against those things?
1: Well, I see this a lot in, um, you know, listen, I dated myself. I have lots of girlfriends who went through stuff and I um, have plenty of patients who talk about this. And I basically say that um, I think it's important that there be a good feeling. I mean, if there's like a, a really interested, like there's a real sense of chemistry there might be something to like watch out for later cuz chemistry can kind of conceal a lot of other uh senses of judgment but i kind of say to people if for whatever reason you have like a really negative almost like a a a, a pushing away a yuck factor you got to pay attention to that too and cuz lots of times for whatever reason that is and it doesn't necessarily have to do with what might be considered um i don't know sort of general attractiveness I think people don't get over that so easily.
0: So, so it would be it would be a mistake to ignore attraction. I
1: think, yes, I think it would be a mistake to ignore extreme attraction or like, ooh, there's something about this person, their look, their smell, their their the way they move, the way they chew. I mean, you can't if that really sets off a feeling of yuck, revulsion. Probably isn't going to work out so well.
0: And it it may seem odd that we're comparing this situation to the beginning of our Parsha, which is about essentially, you know, abducting a woman off the battlefield. But I think it's important to say that that the idea of the Eishad Yafat Torah, I think in the Torah's conception, is to prevent battlefield rape, first of all, which was uh, fairly revolutionary for its time and sadly even to this day. But also I think that by saying, by the Torah saying, you have to take this person into your house and make sure that she no longer looks attractive. It's recognizing that in order to marry her, you need to make sure that it is it is not the overwhelming sense right. of
1: attraction that is Lust causing of the you moment. to marry her. Right, exactly uh-huh. right. right. There has who to be something she? more. Yeah, who is she when you take off her, you know, her exotic clothing, when you, t- when you cut super her hair, hair. You know, when you do all these things, which actually we really associate with prisoners, with prisoners of war, like making people as unattractive as possible. Um, so it's, it's, it's very, very powerful. And, un- and super attractive people have issues as well, which is kind of interesting to speculate about. And presumably not
0: just in the dating realm. If, yeah. you're, if you're very attractive, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, people relate to you in a, in a completely different way. They might relate to someone. Who's I not.
1: think people relate to you differently. And I've had people talk about that, where there is a certain amount of envy, um, certainly for um, figure. I've had women talk to me as a psychiatrist about the envy and the nasty comments they get um, for just being blessed with a really lovely figure, and being able to seemingly eat what they want, um, and I also think that there's uh, if if people don't cultivate other parts of their character, and they're kind of resting on their physical beauty, um, which maybe they can even make a career out of, like let's say somebody is a model or an actress or something that's very right. looks dependent, that is likely to not last over the years, and it's important to cultivate other realms of. Of pleasure of our uh, competence that are not dependent on the looks you had when you were at 17 to 32 or whatever right so what is the those are people
0: who are presumably extremely attractive for, for striking those, yeah striking mm-hmm. okay for those who are not classically beautiful in the way that perhaps Western society would classify as beautiful. What what are the range of psychological experiences they might be feeling?
1: Oh, I think there's just sort of an endless discussion of this in, you know, all kinds of magazines and self help and whatever. But there's such an endless amount of self criticism and dissatisfaction. You know, most often with weight and body in our very slim, obsessed uh, fashionable society. And it's sort of like you know, it's it's very hard to say what's a reasonable thing to do in terms of improving one's looks and looking and feeling as good as possible, whether it's plastic surgery or, um, you know, something else. And when does it become an obsession or pathological?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Which you definitely see. You know, people have, let's say, repeated plastic surgeries. And I note that
0: our tradition, I think, recognizes on the one hand right that the beauty is sort of a lie and yet on the other hand allows for aesthetics and uh dressing up for shabbat and the holidays for an idea of of beauty being worked into our, our daily ritual so it's there too i think in our history and our tradition
1: yeah once again i think it's a question of balance of respecting and enjoying attractiveness Uh, Just as we try to beautify a Shabbos table, we try to make ourselves look as nice as possible and enjoy a new haircut or a new suit or a new dress or a piece of jewelry or whatever the thing happens to be or corrective things that can really help somebody who has some kind of an issue that they feel really unattractive about. When it gets to an extreme, once again, it becomes a problem. So in closing, we invite listeners to write us with any kind of feedback and please send your thoughts to mefriedman at yctorah.org. that's mefriedman as in michelle esther friedman f-r-i-e-d-m-a-n at yctorah.org
0: shabbat shalom